Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Etri. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. I'm going to teach on um, a subject that really is required for effective Christianity. So what I'm about to teach, if you are not a Christian, really to benefit you. If you are not a Christian, what I'm about to teach will not really, you will not enjoy it. And really, I don't have a message for you. If you are not a Christian, if you're a Christian, then, then this is definitely for you. And if you have an interest in the things of God, then this is definitely for you. Too many of us are struggling with sin. Too much. Struggling. Listen, the struggle with sin, with sin is not going to end today. <laughs> yeah, you. You see, people don't know. <laughs> the people sitting near you, they don't know what the things you <laughs> Tell somebody that you really don't know me. <laughs> they don't know you. They think you're okay because oh, you've been consistent in church and you come early and oh, that's laughable. You? <laughs> Tell them you don't know me. You don't know me. Don't <laughs> about you. You are seated here and everyone make sure that no one will have a clue about the motions in your, going on in you. Motions, motions, motions. The things you are struggling with. You are such, you are struggling so much that it's unbelievable. If people get to know how you are struggling, they'll be shocked that you, if anyone should struggle, it shouldn't be you. It shouldn't be you. The way you are preaching to people. You never miss any of the um, Jesus campaigns. You are always in church. You are singing always in church. You are actively asking always in church. When they see your tithe is very colorful. Hey! You see what I'm saying? They, they don't know. They don't know. There are two things, the things you are doing and the other things that you are strong. You are trying. Tell someone, please, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. You are trying. You are trying. You are trying. Trying to do the right thing. You are trying. But you are struggling. You remember how you made a vow that now I'm going to serve God and this thing I'm finished. And sometimes, sometimes you told God, God, if I do it, they can kill me. <laughs> Some of you are sitting here today with, you are down. You are down. Not because you've lost money. Not because the doctors have told you you are sick. You are down because you have disappointed God. You have let yourself down. 
you thought you have done, you are done with this struggle. How come it came back again today? <laughs> this week, it has been no, it's not been there, your best, it's not been your best weeks at all. <laughs> Tell somebody, just, just relax, it's you they are talking about. Just relax, it's you there. Don't be afraid of anybody. Tell them, shake them on their shoulder. Yeah, they're, they're talking, it's, it's, it's you they are talking about. Anybody who looks very serious is the one. You know, the way people believe in you, outside church and in church, it's even good they don't know. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a good idea. It's a good idea, people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good idea. I'm telling you. Isn't it a good idea? Yes, and it's interesting how God doesn't show us. Hey, brother, come out. You, sister, come here. It's not necessary. Because if we do that, we will not close the service. There are different, 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 different issues to deal with tonight. Even just today alone. <laughs> For some reason, when you come to church, you look okay. So that's why sometimes you even wish we are not closing from church. You even wish we are not closing from church because you are afraid of what is waiting for you. Different types of struggles. Gossip, lying, stealing, fornication, porn, sexual immorality, jealousy, envy, anger, bitterness, partying, reveling. All kinds of things. All kinds of things that you are, you are doing. You know, and you were thinking that by now you should have been okay. <laughs> hey, by now, by now, you see. And all I'm trying, I'm trying to say that people don't know. You know. The other time I told the cell leaders, listen, listen. The people you are leading as a cell leader, if they really knew you. <laughs> <laughs> no, what am, am, I, am I suggesting that everybody is bad? No. No, 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 no. A lot of us here, don't be deceived. We are good. It's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is you. It's you. <laughs> Most of us here are good. We are not struggling and messing up like the way you are doing. But the truth is that um, there is a challenge. There is a challenge. We, are, we, are come, we come to church because there is something that we need to do. I like that. I, I stumbled across that scripture. It was such a blessing. We are supposed to be striving. Uh, Philippians chapter 1 verse um, 27. Strive 
We are striving together for the common faith. In Philippians chapter 1 verse um, 27, it talks about only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Did you see that? Your behavior. So it validates the preaching we are doing. So that whether I come or see you or I'm absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the, for the faith of the gospel. That should be our objective, that we are striving together as a church. All of us are heading towards the faith of the gospel, striving together. You can't do it on your own. We strive together. So those people who think that they can be Christians by themselves, they are, they are joking. They don't know the nature of Christianity. It's just like saying that you can, you don't need any pilot, you don't need any plane, you can go to America by yourself because you bought your own jet. You don't need any airport. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So it is necessary to be dealing with some things. Roman, Roman, uh, today I'm talking about. Um, Winning the struggles of sin. Isn't that a good message? How to win the struggle against sin? Winning the struggle, winning the struggle, because the struggle is too much. And you've tried and tried and tried, thinking the struggle will stop, but it, it looks like nothing is stopping and nothing is changing. So, but you have to win it. You have to win. Say, I have to win. I have to win. I have to win. <coughs> and in a few places in the scriptures, we have been told to deal with sin. So, like, um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. I like that text personally. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So now he says that, see, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside. Say lay aside. Lay aside, lay aside what? Everything. Lay aside what? I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Lay aside. If you want to go and swim, you have to lay aside something. Some things are weight. Can you imagine if you want to go and swim with your wig? It will be, it will be, it will fly away somewhere. Or parachute. It will go up. So it says that lay aside every weight. It's weight. You are too loaded. The journey you are going, that's why um, in, when you are flying and it's not it's economy, <laughs> they, they give you limited luggage you can come with. You can go with everything. Especially certain flights to certain nations. Destination, you see people at the airport always Hopefully they said it's too heavy, cool. And then they go and start in the corner. 
they open it and have to move other things. <laughs> and then they go back, they say, no, it's 23 kilos, but yours is 23.9. You have to remove the nine. <laughs> because it's too much. Bible, Bible actually is in the Bible. It said, lay aside weight. Lay aside, <coughs> lay aside every weight and, watch this, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily, so easily is getting you too much. Other things have not been a, a struggle. The, the way some of your faces are looking serious, you know, you, you just know that God sent me. Uh, uh, please. <laughs> This particular thing keeps ensnaring you. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Church people don't know you are struggling. This particular thing, it keeps. <laughs> hey, he said, lay aside every weight and that sin, the sin which easily, the sin which easily it it it, it will get you. Other things will not get you, but this one, ah, it will get you. Easily like that. Easily, anytime, any day, it will easily get you. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Everybody has the sin that so easily gets us. And he said, lay that sin aside so God won't do it for you. You have to take that sin and lay it aside. So that's, that's what I want to talk about, how to lay it aside. Because don't, don't, don't give me that face because I know you are struggling with something. Yes, I know. No, 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 no. Your, your nice face and big fat Bible does not mean anything. <laughs> you have to lay aside. Someone is struggling. Both brothers and sisters, young and old. Everybody, somebody is struggling. Sin that easily, so easily besets you. You are walking, and then you are in a hurry. By the time you realize, sin has, ah, this sin, every time it comes in your way. Every time it comes in your way, it easily besetting you. And then when you come to sit in church and I preach like this, you know, you know that, that, that is this thing, pastor, is this thing. <laughs> is this thing. Some of you, some of the guys, is pornography. Now it's very common in church. Pornography. So easily people said to you, I can't even look anywhere. <laughs> I can see, I can see I'm touching on some stuff, man. It's, it's bothering you. It's, it's so easily. After praise night, look at what, look, look at this powerful move of God. Praise night. Oh, energy, 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 energy. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. They're saying that so easily beset you. I'm talking about here. It's, it's, a, it's one thing if you are not a Christian. But you are a Christian and you do you are not expecting some things of your life. You don't expect some things of you. You are not expecting some things from you. You don't want to. You don't, you know, but and you know we don't expect that from you.
And yet, God is not going to take it for you by himself. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. It says the same thing, something similar. Let's already have from the screen, please. According to the deceitful last. There's something in this old man, that's your old nature, you, your, your natural you. He said that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man. The old man, you have to, so the, the, old, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful, the last inside the old man is the problem. And I know you have last. You have last. And the Bible says, put it off. Put off the old man. Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. Really preaching a Christian message. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. There there are too many promises hanging on your life from God. Great things that he plans to do for you, he's told you he's going to do it. You know that you are going somewhere. You know that God is taking you somewhere. You know the promises of God over your life. So therefore, therefore, having these promises, beloved, my darling, that's another way to put beloved, my darling, this is an endearment, a term of endearment. Beloved, come on, you can't be doing this. There are too many major promises over your life. You can't be doing this. Joseph, you are like a Joseph. You can't mess up. Too many. Entirety of Israel is the destiny of Israel is tied to what you do in Egypt. One turning, you you throw all the program of God and a whole race behind you, a whole human, a whole generation, a whole family, a whole household behind you, and whole church, you throw it off because you have not realized such promise over your life. Mm. Look at the words that have come over your life in the next 10 years, in the next 20 years, the things that God is going to do with your life. Great things that God intends to do with your life. Seeing this, we are sound, seeing that, uh, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse. Who does the cleansing? Us. 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 Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. Something is making your flesh, or is, is, is the filthiness of the flesh is, is, is increasing on you. Something is allowing the filthiness of the flesh to have a reign, rule over you. Cleanse ourselves from all this. Filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Romans chapter 6, verse 12. I quoted it last Sunday. Romans 6, 12. That's such a powerful, powerful text. Romans 6, 12. Let's all read it together. I think this is nice for us to read it. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Let's go. Loud. Yeah. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its last. Did you see that? Sin is living in you. He said, don't allow it to rain. So he said, didn't say God will do it for you. You do not have to, you, you do not have to, uh, don't allow sin. Don't allow sin to rain 
in, in, in your mortal body. Don't allow sin to reign in your mortal body. It's very important. Who is, not, who is supposed to take responsibility? You. Don't allow it. There's something you have to do. So the teaching is going to be about not allowing. Not allowing. Say, don't allow. Don't allow. Tell someone, don't allow it. Don't allow it. Don't allow it. Do not allow sin to reign. But some of us, it's raining. Sin is raining. And you have concluded that, that this thing, I don't know what I can do. Sin is raining. I'm not, I'm not, if you're not a Christian, I'm not talking about If you're a Christian and you claim to be born again, then I'm talking about you. Don't allow sin to reign in your mortal body. Don't give it the chance. Don't give it the right. That's it. Therefore, do not see modern day Christians don't touch on these things. You know what we touch on? That's grace. Where where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Yeah. So we go to uh, chapter five, chapter five. No, six one. It says that should we continue in sin, that grace may abound. That's six one. Because six is to deal with this whole grace. Oh, grace. There's a, but chapter five talks about verse 19, 20, 21. It said, where, see, for, for, for 20, the next, what's the last verse there? Yeah. Moreover, so that, moreover, the law entered that sin. But where sin abounds, grace abounds more. So where your sin is plenty, there's plenty of grace. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Did you see that? That's what the Bible is saying. So modern day Christians, that's what we see. See, it says that, moreover, the law entered that offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded more. So there is, in, there is increase. So those of you who had, before you came to Christ, your sin was bigger than everybody. The grace is also bigger than any grace. So, there is no amount of sin a person can commit or stay out so far from Christ that there's nothing. No, no, your own is too. We can't cover it. The insur- grace insurance doesn't cover this one. <laughs> you see, so that's what he's saying that where a person's sin is a lot, there's a lot more grace to cover it. Because he says that if by one man's sin, Sin came unto all men. Therefore, in the same way, by one man's, verse 19, by one man's obedience, right? So, verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's disobedience, many will be made righteous. You see that? So, Adam sinned and we all now are sinners. Christ obeyed so that we in Christ will be now, will be, not are, will be. Did you see the will be? So, so it said, for by one man's sin, many were made sinners. So sinners is past. You are not a sinner because of the sins you do, but because of. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made, not are made. Will be made. Then the. Go on to the next verse, and let me see what it says in the next verse. Moreover, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. So Adam's own makes you a sinner. But there's now law, and when you are born, you come and break laws. Mm. So 
You yourself, you have inherited sins and you have a personally acquired sins. <laughs> you have acquired it by yourself. Then, there, so he said, but where, I see, he said, but where sin abounded, grace abounded. So don't say the things I've done, God cannot forgive me. No, he said, where sin abounded, grace abounded uh, much more. So if your sin is seven pounds, God will give you 14 pounds of grace. Amen. So there's overflow. It's, it's, it overpays for your, that's what it means. But look at the next verse. The next verse. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now look at the next verse. verse six, chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. You see, the charismatic, the, the, the modern day charismatic believers, materialistic believers say, oh, there's grace. Enough grace. Where sin abound, grace will also abound much more. But Paul said, we can't continue in sin so that grace will abound. Can't say I'm sinning because there will be grace enough for me. Right. So it says that do not let sin reign in your mortal six, Romans six uh, twelve. Do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. First Peter chapter two verse one. It talks about lay aside. Okay. Oh, put aside. First Peter two. Therefore, lay aside all malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. There are these evil things we have to lay aside. So Bible challenges us, tells us lay aside. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 says that, Beloved, I beg you. Can you imagine? He said, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against your soul. Fleshly lust. The more you allow fleshly lust to thrive in you, you are at war. It is destroying so much in your soul. When you sin and you allow the lust to go on, you are actually warring. Too many things are getting spoiled. Whoa. Wow. And yet, the Bible says that walk in the spirit. So how do you deal with sin? There are two ways to in dealing with sins. Number one is walk in the spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16. And you shall not fulfill the, the desires of the flesh or gratify, depending on what translation. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So this last thing that was against you, it says that to deal with it, you have to walk in the spirit. The spirit empowers and enables you to deal with it. But it's not just the spirit. The Holy Spirit plays a major role, but it's not just the Spirit because it's then you to lay aside. Thank you, Jesus. Lay aside. But pastor, I I know there's a major question here. How many of us really want to stay sin-free since you became born again? You really wanted, you meant it. And how many of us have realized that it it has become a major struggle? It's a major, okay, no, how many of you is not a major struggle? It's not a major struggle. Okay, I would have asked you to come and preach to us. <laughs> it's a major struggle, a major battle. Why? Why is the battle against sin so much a strong thing that we can't just overcome like, like this? Why? Because if I'm righteousness in Christ, I 
can just, I should overcome it like that. Three reasons why, because, one, three reasons why, and what I want you to know about sin. Number one is because sin is powerful. Sin is not just, it's, the thing is a, it's a powerful force. How many of us have ever felt the force of sin before? Sometimes the thing comes, the, the, the temptation, the desire, whatever the sin, the force is so, it's like gossip. You, you, you didn't want to gossip, you don't you didn't really, but by the time you, oh no. <laughs> not, not again. <laughs> you actually didn't want to gossip. You didn't want to. You didn't want to hold him. You didn't want to hold her. You didn't want to. But it's like you didn't know. It's the, the, the tension, the power, the, the just the force. Sin is a force. There is a force at work. It's very and one, one interesting thing about it is. It does not suggest to you, it commands you. <laughs> it doesn't lead you, it drives you from behind. It's one thing that something is leading you, you follow. It's another thing that is behind you, pushing you. It's a push. A very strong force. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Listen, so that is because that, that's what makes it a battle. Because it's such a strong force. Sin is such a strong force. Sin is such a strong force. Bible talks about how it was Galatians 5.17. It says that it's, Galatians 5.17 is a nice one. Thank you, Jesus. For the flesh lasts against the spirit, and the spirit lasts against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. There's this contention. The thing is strong. It's last against the spirit. A powerful force. Sin is very powerful. It's such a strong force. It influences your, your will. It influences your desires. It influences your emotions. There are sometimes you feel so weak because you want something. You know you are not supposed to, but you don't know why this thing has come on you. The desire is there strongly. It influences your emotions. Influences the, the will. I, today, let me, let me let this guy off the hook. I will just, I won't react. But your will, no, I have to show you something. It influences your will. It influences you know, your desires. Your desires. Four types of, four appetites of humanity. Four. Four. The spiritual appetite. Appetite for spiritual things. That's what has driven most of us here. I didn't say all of us. That's what has driven most of us here. Or some of you came because you were told to come. Some of you came because of a woman. You came because of a man. You came because of a boss you want to take. It's not because of a desire for Christ and hunger for the things of God. So spiritual things. So uh, uh, appetite for spiritual. How many of you have appetite for spiritual things? I have a lot of it. Sometimes I can't wait to hear God's word. It's an appetite. You can't wait to worship. You can't wait to come to church. It's an appetite. And that appetite must be pursued. It must be found. Guess what? Yet, if you want to go down that, there, there are other, more, other powerful appetites that fight against this one. And the other appetite is appetite for food. It's, it's natural. It's natural to have food. Appetite for food or what enters your mouth. 
appetite for food and drink. It's a natural appetite, and you, as long as you remain a human being, there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. The next one is the appetite for sex. Yeah. It's a radical one. And all these appetites are, and if you don't manage them well, they can destroy your life. So it's, 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 it's a legitimate appetite, but it, as long as it rises against the directions of God, the instructions of God is going to harm you. That's why God has given us his word so that we can manage these things through his word. So the appetite for sex is legitimate, but any appetite is legitimate, but when it goes, so spiritual appetite, but if you have spiritual appetite for, oh, every time you want someone to prophesy to you, you want hands, you, 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 you want, some people have appetite and they can be looking at you and they, they wish they don't like you and they will, and then you're weak, you know, yeah, that, that, all those things are demonic appetites. It's demonic. Sometimes you look at that bad guy who has troubled you and you, you wish, or she, you wish as she walks and he will just break. And if you wish you had, because he's been, he's been bullying the church or something, you won't, you wish you had the powers to, you know, that's a spiritual appetite. But it's not of God. Some of us wish we had, we had powers. So that that auntie in your family who has been fighting your mother and causing problems, you had powers. You would deal with her one touch. <laughs> so spiritual appetite, appetite for food, appetite for sex, and the last one, appetite for material things. Greed. 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 You want, I want, I want, I want this, I want that, I want that, I must have this, I must have this. You see somebody, oh, this is new, I have to get it, this is, I have to get it. Greed, want, 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 want. These appetites are the things that control your life. And sin, so having the need for material thing is not a sin. Okay? It's not a sin. But when you want it so much that it's now over, even overshadows your pursuit of God. Then Satan, that's where the flesh takes advantage. When you want sex so much that now it is overshadowing the, the, your work with God. Your work with God is now second. When you want sex and romance, that's the same thing. Now if you say it's just romance, it's the same thing. <laughs> yes, it's the, they are cousins. They, 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 the, the other one leaves, the other one then says, come. Yeah, comes if. <laughs> Are you getting this? Yeah. So sin is powerful. That is why it becomes a struggle. Number two about sin is that sin, even though it's powerful, you know, when it's very, very cold, like last week, when it's very, very cold, you know you can still go to work. Yeah. You can still go to work. But depending on how well you dress, so you can go to work or cover up and you'll be fine. In summer, you don't need a lot of clothes, but in winter, we, we, we go to work. Okay, we go to work, even when it snows, some of us, we will have to still go to work. Why? Because we, have, we can cover up, because that cold is coming from outside. It's not coming from inside, it's coming from outside. The problem with sin is, the, the force of sin is not coming from outside, so you can wear something to deal with it. The force of sin, guess where it's coming from? Inside you. So you can't wear a coat to deal with it. 
what makes it a major struggle. Because the thing is so powerful and yet it's coming from within. Number three, about sin. So sin is so much part of you, intertwined with you, your humanity, your human nature, that it becomes difficult to fight. And number three is that besides the fact that it's fighting from within you, it also has interrupted, interfered, intertwined, interwoven with your behavior, your everything about you, that you, you can't even run and go and hide in the mountains where there's nobody like a monk and say you'll be sinless. Because it's, it's before sometimes you are in church and worshiping and sin has slipped through the worship. You are lifting your hands, you are lifting your hands and this usher is coming again. Look, look at the head. <laughs> Before you remember, oh no, my God, help me, ah. It's, so you, you see, it's, it's not like, now okay, now I'm about to jump into the sin zone. Now I'm about to t- take a step into the territory of sin. No, you, you can't even tell. There are times you are walking normally, by the time you realize you have entered sin already, ah. Oh, you are, let me rise your feet. Oh, oh, you are just giving her a simple hug. By the time you realize, you have a... <laughs> It's a simple act. You didn't have any bad intentions. It's just Christian. But before you go, oh. Oh. What's this? We're praying for somebody. You are trying to help. And the person falls on the floor. Hey. <laughs> so before you could say Jack, your eyes are beginning to search for what is going on. <laughs> oh, pastor. Pastor, where? Well, then before he say ushers, and when ushers have been come, you want to make sure, uh, what, what is it that is showing me? <laughs> <laughs> hey! So, it's so interwoven with your life that you can't sometimes even tell when you are slipping into sin. It makes it a struggle. Is somebody getting it? It makes it a struggle. So now leads us to so how do you then deal with it? How do you let, because Bible said lay it aside. How do you deal with this? It's, it talks about the sin that so easily besets you. It's not the one that doesn't trouble you easily. Because some of us say this is it's not a problem. It's not a problem to you. But there's other ones that are a problem to you. And so those ones become habitual. Habitual sins. That's why you don't have to get so busy talking about other people's sin. Oh, look at this. Every time, every time. You see, their habitual sins is not good. But you also sort out your own. So long as you are concerned, it's their own, it's easily noticeable. But your own, it's not easily. Maybe unforgiveness. Unforgiveness about uh, against having gr- very serious grudge against anybody who tells you off, and you never let go. And you know God said, "That shall not do that." That shall be. But deep, you never let go. But you are busy talking about that sister who likes that guy. Mm, look at the way he, she can't control herself. Anytime she sees that guy, the way she behaves, and that has become your major focus, because you guys is not a problem. It's the bitterness thing. 
So, so long as guys are concerned, this is not a problem, but a bitter. So everyone has got your own habitual sins, the sins that so easily beset you, and it's not like you like it, but by the time you realize it has, it has become a struggle, when you really want to work with God, that is what you know you have to deal with. Some of you here, if we ask you, now we want to make you like a pope. The Christian, like Peter, we want to make you, do you want us to do it now, or we should wait? You say that, in fact. I need to deal with you. There's something that you know that I need to deal with this and finish dealing with it. Then you come back to confess. The next time you come back to church, you confess. Next week when you come, you are coming with another load of because the sin that easily besets you, girl. Next week, I know you will come and confess again. No, next week, Sunday. Tomorrow, care group, you have confession today. Sunday, you have confession. Because, and sometimes it's no different. It's the same. It's the same friends of sins. This group of sins that you, your, your own, that's the problem. Every time. But the thing we want, what I'm teaching is that we want to believe God for grace that the next time when you are confessing is lower. It's not so many now. It, it, it keeps reducing. It keeps. It keeps. It, it keeps reducing. It keeps reducing. Say, I say, it's reduce. How many of you want me to talk about it? How to do it? Because I'm taking time, Master. Just tell me because the, me, I understand everything you are saying already. So now tell me what I want to. Do. <laughs> you shall overcome sin. You shall overcome temptation. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. I want to show you a certain scripture at least. It will be a, be a blessing to you before I move on to. I left the scripture. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. Jeremiah 17, 9. In relation to the issue of sin, why we can't, because it's so close to you. Listen to what it says. That the heart of man is desperately wicked above all things. And uh, sorry, uh, it's deceitful above and desperately weak. Who can know it? It's like you, that's why it's like, it's so much part of you that this, this thing is deep. It's your, the heart, your core. Your core is sinful. Your heart, the heart of man. And Jeremiah, I like this one. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse, sorry, chapter 13, please forgive me, verse 23. This is such a powerful scripture, you don't have to forget it. I think we should all read it from the screen. Let's go. The African man can bleach his skin, but still, it's not. It's not changed. Still, the skin. Uh, yeah, it, it hasn't changed. The melanin has not changed. All right, so he said, can an Ethiopian, in other words, can a black person change the skin? Or a leopard, you know leopard? Leopard have got spots. Or let me even use zebra, because most of you are familiar. Zebra or tiger. No, you can't, the tiger, the skin is it's natural. That's how it always is. He said, you who are accustomed to sin, it's the same thing with you. <laughs> Uh, then may you also do good who are accustomed to evil. This thing is with you. Sin 
is so much interwoven and part of your life that Paul puts it this way in um, Romans 7, 20, uh, 24. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who can set me free from this body of sin? Uh, who, who can, this body of death. Who set me free? I'm trying. I'm trying, pastor. I'm trying. I have been fasted about it. <laughs> Tell somebody, please, I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm trying, I'm trying. I'm trying my best, I'm trying. Hey, somebody getting something. All right. Eight points. How to deal with habitual sins. Or how to commit, commitment to laying aside your sins. Number one, what should I do? I said it last Sunday when I was preaching. Don't underestimate your sin. Yeah. Oh, but this is just, hey. Take your sin serious. Take it serious. That's what secularization tries to do. You know, nobody can. It's, 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 it's just, it's, you, know, you know, that's how you are wired. And you take your sin serious. Never give any reason, a justifiable reason for sinning. No. Mm. Take it serious. Because sin is serious. It's serious to God. It's serious to you. It affects you. It, it, God takes it serious. So sin is so serious. It has an impact on God. So long as your relationship is concerned. Sin, it violates, it violates your relationship with God. Sin has an impact on you. It has an impact on your fellowship with the other believers, the church. It affects the church. Your sin affects your relationship with God. Your sin affects you. Your sin affects the church. And your sin affects even the unbelievers. Sin destroys the Lord. Take sin serious. Because what you, that's what I gave, the illustration I gave. Um, if you know that this sin or this crime, if you commit it, it doesn't matter how much you desire it. You know, if you commit it, it can ruin and end your career. You won't do it. You won't do it. It's easier for people to steal money than to commit murder. Is it also? Why? Because the punishment for murder is so high, sometimes life imprisonment. You see what I'm saying? So because of that, people will be careful. It doesn't matter how angry they are. Take sin serious. Number one, take your sin serious. I was telling you about how years ago, when they were trying to get rid of certain people who are non-conformists a few centuries ago. One of them called Kalami. His message was powerful. In his message, he said that there is more evil in the little sin than in any tragedy that comes on us. There is more evil. You think that something bad has happened to you. This is not good. Tragedy comes, you know, human beings, we don't like tragedy. Maybe you have lost your job. You've lost a house. Or you lost something. Or something, you know, you, you've uh, some sickness or something. This is tragedy. How come? What happened? You know, we don't like tragedies. So, but he says that there is more evil in your little sin 
than in the biggest tragedy. Because, you see, we are more concerned that, that's why I said earlier, most of the modern day, the songs are about, oh God, um, victory belongs to Jesus. Victory, so that you don't lose your car, you don't lose your house, you get a better job. Victory belongs to God. Oh, 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 oh. When you lose your job or you lose a house, it's more a problem to you than sleeping with the guy. It's more a problem to you than the sin that you are committing, the lying that you are. It's, it's, so you will lie so you don't have tragedy. But the preacher said, there is more evil in that sin than the biggest tragedy that comes on you. It's because you are not taking your sin serious. Sin is serious. Let's all say that together. Sin is serious. Say sin is serious. Sin is serious. Say it again. Sin is, sin is very, very serious. It can do a lot and affect a lot. It will steal your joy. Sin will steal your joy. Sin will ruin your fellowship with God. Sin will diminish your fruitfulness. You can't be fruitful when you are in sin. Sin will rob us of peace. It will steal your peace. You don't have peace. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You, you, sin will rob you of your peace. Sin will render your services useless. Can you imagine carrying equipment and doing everything? Sin will render it useless. So the reward that is supposed to come, you will see it because of sin. Sin will hinder your prayers. Hey! Look at the powerful prayers you want to pray. As sin has rendered it useless. <laughs> Some of you even get the chance to lead prayers. But because of sin, sin has has neutralized your prayers. Sin will bring the discipline of God over your life. God is coming after you if he loves you. Sin dishonors God. Sin abuses mercy. Sin despises grace. Sin presumes unforgiveness. Sin defiles worship, service, and fellowship. You are fellowshipping with us, but sin has defiled your fellowship. You are worshiping, your hands are lifted, but sins have polluted your hands. Tell somebody sin is serious. So if you want to be able to deal with the issue of sin, then take your sin seriously. Take your sin seriously. Number two. You have to strongly purpose and promise God not to sin. You don't want to, you don't, you want to fight to deal with sin? Lay sin aside, number one, take sin serious. Number two, strongly purpose and promise God. Make a vow that God, I won't want to sin again. I know what you ask, but pastor, me, I've done it a lot of the time, but I always go back. Continue if you make it stronger. And mean it. I'm not saying that trying to say. No, mean it that God, I promise you. I promise you. Like I'm a pastor, I've dealt with people who say, Pastor, I promise you, this thing will happen again. And they mean it. They know that because of pastor, I promise I won't let it happen. I'll get there on time. Previously, everybody has done everything. You're always late. But pastor, this time, I promise you. So you can promise God that you won't sin. This sin that easily besets you. Promise God. 
you. Say, God, I promise you and I make a vow. Psalm 119 verse 106. Psalm 119 verse 106. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgment. You have to swear. God, I swear. I promise you. Promise God. Look at verse 32. I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. Now, most, most long-distance runners have a, a larger heart. Because of training over the period of time, they train, their heart, their muscles become stronger. They have strong hearts. Stronger hearts. And it's, they're able to run that far because of the nature of their heart. That's why they are, you can't run a lot. You begin to feel dizzy. You're just catching a bus. <laughs> your heart. And there's a connection between sinning and your heart. And he says that I will run the course. I'm going to go the course of this because God, give, God has given me a larger heart. Determine that I'm going to. You know, some of us are very stubborn. Some of us naturally. You remember what you did to your mom? What you did to your they said, I will never. Right from the age of three. Yeah. I will never. Your mom knows that if you say you will not do, you won't do. Yeah. Take that same thing into dealing with sin. Yeah. Yeah. Be tough. I've purpose. I've vowed to God. God, I've vowed that I will not disappoint you. I vowed that I will not have sex until I'm married. Even if I'm dying, let me die. You should, brother, you should have it so strong that you, you are even beginning to consider going for castration. Yeah. Because you, you, you just don't want to sin against God. So sin starts in the heart. The whole thing is not just the presence of sin with us, but it is the sin we have accommodated. You are, you are accommodating it. You are harboring it. That's where the problem is. He said, thy word have I... Uh, no, he said, guard your heart with all diligence. For out of... Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Guard your heart with all... For out of it are the issues of life. The heart of man is desperately wicked. You have allowed this thing to stay around you comfortably. You are com- it's not the presence of sin in your life, but it is the accom- how you are accommodating it. You are harboring it. And most of us, we think it's only sexual sins, bitterness, pain, stubbornness, arrogance, jealousy, evil speakings. Every time you have something evil to speak about somebody, about your wife, your husband, about your cousin, your neighbors, every time about that other Asha, that other, other brother, every time within two weeks you have something negative to speak about somebody. Deal with it. Deal with it. Number three. Somebody scream, watch. Watch. Watch carefully for your own spiritual weaknesses. Watch. Watch. Be on the lookout. In other words, don't trust your spirituality. You are not that cool. Do you hear what I said? Another point, the same thing. In other words, don't trust your spirituality. 
in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse, I think, 12 or 13, he says that he who thinks he stands, let him take it, let he falls. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands, take it, lest he falls. Don't trust yourself and think that, me, I can go anywhere. I can hang around with anybody. I can, I can listen to anything. I can drink anything. I'll be fine. I can visit him in the house. 1 a.m., I'll be fine. Don't trust yourself. Brother, don't take, oh, me, it's just this image I want to watch. Other ones is fine. Me, normally just, don't trust your spirituality. Sometimes, even in the time when you are being spiritual, sin is trying to sip through your spirituality. Sometimes you think you have done so well because you have been able to fast for 40, 40 days and suddenly by the time you realize the flesh and the self-arrogance and self-importance is beginning to slip in. So when you think you are all together now, put all together, that's when sin is actually about to slip into it. Sin comes in, so, so you have to watch. Never ever think that for me, I don't have a problem. That's for me, what pastor is talking about, I don't know about that. You are the one I'm talking about. Because of the humanity, because of humanity, nobody is okay. Nobody is okay. You can't be so spiritual that suddenly it's all gone. Nobody, because for some reason, the flesh will come through again. Self-importance, self-pride, arrogance, pomposity will come again. So you think that's for me, I don't have a problem. I think that's actually what we are talking about. Don't trust your spirituality. Don't think now you have become so spiritual, the things that used to put you, pull you down, you are going to deal with it. The sin that so easily beset you, stay far away from it. Mm. Never ever come near it again. Yeah. Never come near it. Hey, he said, so now I, I believe I'm strong now. No, no, no. You, that, that's why some people shouldn't be befriending you. Certain ex, you are married, don't be friend, befriending some ex. On social media, oh, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing. You are trusting yourself too much. Yeah, that's right. There's nothing wrong. But the other time you started, he commented on, and you started reminiscing, remembering the them good old days. You just started replaying their good old days. But I thought you said you're okay. Oh, but I didn't mean to do No, no, no. It's your thoughts. You just said you don't have to do it. Once you start thinking about it, you've done it already. Jesus. So don't trust that. The point here is don't trust your spirituality. So even when you are spiritually sound and spiritually cool, you always have to be alert. Watch. 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 Someone scream. Watch. Watch. Guard your heart with all diligence. You have to watch out. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Job 31 verse 1. He said, I have made a covenant. Whether I feel safe or not. Me, I've made a covenant. I will not watch a woman twice. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. Okay. It's, a, it's a, a woman. Just not even two times. It was. <laughs> I have made a covenant with my eyes. When then, sh- uh, why then should I look upon a young woman? <laughs> no, no, see, this is a spiritual man. But I said, me, I don't, I, I've made a covenant. So I don't understand why people behave all day. It doesn't matter. You are, the, you are walking behind somebody, and the way the person is going, move away from there. 
Don't say I'm fine, I'm fine. And you are climbing the stairs. I'm fine. No. Wait. Wait. Let, get yourself busy talking about other things. Let them go. And then later on, if it's, you just keep looking at other places. In, in case you stumble, just take it like that. Guys, listen to me. You don't have to have evil intentions. The thing is already inside you. The seed is there. The heart of man is desperately wicked. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9. Your heart is deceiving you. Bible says it's deceptive, deceitful above all things. The heart is deceitful above all things. Your heart is deceiving you, but you don't know. You think you are cool. You ain't cool. You ain't cool. Tell somebody you ain't cool. That's why you got yourself so busy talking about other people's problems. But you ain't cool. Number four, I like this one. Resist the first rising of the flesh and its pleasures. I'll explain it. Resist the first rising. When the flesh is beginning to rise, resist it. The first rising of the flesh and its pleasures. Resist it. Say resist. Resist. Most brothers or most of us who here who have determined not to be overtaken by certain sins and you are planned, you are strong, it wasn't the, the end that got you. It's the beginning you didn't take serious. You, didn't, you knew that oh, we can sit together, we can hold our hands, it's not a problem. It's, I'll make sure that we don't just hook each other, but we can just hold hands. Me, hands, holding hands is not a problem. Yeah. So you didn't, when you held the hands and you started feeling the heat, you, you decided to say, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to handle this. You should have just pulled your hand quickly. Is that what he gets in something? Yeah. So <laughs> resist the, the first risings. Okay. Resist the first risings of the flesh and it's, you know, Bible talks about James chapter 1 verse 13. Let no one say God is tempting you when you are tempted. Don't say God is tempting you. He said, let no one say when he's tempted, I am, I, am, I am tempted by God. No. Listen, sister, don't go there. Don't say, I'm, oh, it's God. Maybe God is trying to check how strong I can handle. No, please. please. Don't go there and say, God, I don't know why God is allowing this temptation to come to me. Because God will not tempt you to fall. He can test you. Testing is different from tempting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Testing is when it's your faith that is tested. He said, I believe in God. Like Abraham, Bible said, came to pass after these things that God did test Abraham to see if he really trusted him. Mm. But when it comes to sin, when you, when you fail the test, you are falling. Mm. Yeah. When you fail a faith test, it's not a fall. Yeah. Like Peter denied Jesus. But when you, so he said, God cannot be tempted with evil. Did you? Put it back on the screen, please. He said, I, I'm tempted. For God cannot be tempted by evil. So the, wrong, the evil is the problem. Yeah. You can't bring evil around you to see how you can handle it. Nor does he himself tempt anyone. So then where does temptation come from? You want to know where it comes from? Look at the, the next verse. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So there is something inside you that is causing the problem. Your temptation is not coming from outside. It's inside you. The things you like is what the devil appeals to. So if you like um, lasagna, 
and you like lasagna, you don't like fish and chips. He will not bring fish and chips. He will bring the most sophisticated lasagna. Look at the next verse. Then when desire has conceived, say when desire has conceived. Say louder. When desire has conceived. Can I hear the lady say it loud? When desire has conceived. Some of you, you are even being tempted to be stubborn not to say. I said, can, we, can I hear the ladies? Let's all say it. When can I hear the men? Men, let's go. When desire has conceived. All of us, louder. When desire has conceived. When desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. All right, so watch this. Don't wait for the conception to take place. Kill it out. The beginning of it, before it gets conceived, kill it. Don't wait till sin is now fully conceived. Then you say, I'm trying to manage this now. I'm trying to stop it now. <laughs> Don't wait for the thing to have grown out of proportion. When the guy started coming around you, you knew his objectives. You knew his plan. And yet, when he said, can I give you a ride? You are going to church. I want to drop you. You knew that this thing is not the best. And you allow it. Now look at where you are. A Christian is not like you. Look at where you are. Yeah, you are trying to say, I'm trying to manage it. You can't manage it after it's fully grown. You can manage it at conception. Those of you who really hate pornography, but keep finding yourself there. It is when after good days, then maybe one day you are there and then you just see an image. It's not pornography. It's nothing. It's just somebody who was giving a lecture, a lady who was showing how to do hair. Okay. And but you started watching because you find her nice. <laughs> so you, you are just watching. You are just watching. No, it's not, you are not listening to what she's saying. You are just watching at the nice person. You are watching the nice person. Then after watching it, you see other clips that she has got. And then the recommendation, you begin to watch the recommendation. After the recommendation, now it shows you different types of beginnings. Then you begin to watch that one too. So before you could say Jack, the beginnings have come off, and another brother has come, and a whole lot of it, and you have sat down all night. And guess what? By the time you finish, you do it. Are you getting what I'm saying? And then you, you feel, oh my gosh. I, don't, I, I knew I was, it's because you underestimated the first rising. Right. Nip it in the bud. Yeah. Nip it. I make a vow that some images, I said, I, no, no, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Hey, I'm, I'm, I don't want to see it. I'm, I don't want to see it. Don't, don't, don't be coming around me and whisking yourself. And, no, you see, I, I'll be able to handle it, but I'm not interested in even handling it. I'm not interested in handling it. Don't, don't come around me like, like that. Are you getting what I'm saying? So nip it at the bad. Is someone getting what I'm saying? You are busy entertaining people, going for dinners. There are some dinners you shouldn't have gone. There are some weddings, you know that this wedding, the women who are going to come, you see all their back, but that's your weakness. Oh, but it's my family. So go for the service. Because the service usually is cool. At least, it's better than the reception. <laughs> am, I, am I communicating? Deal with it at the first rising of the desire. Deal with it other than that, it will flow you. Or the thing is, 
a powerful force coming after you. Don't wait until you've gone into the, uh, um, the sea and the waves are higher. Then you, you say, well, I can swim out. So don't wait for sin to conceive. Kill it. Don't allow the conception to take place. I'm teaching those of you who want to be strong Christians and you are struggling with the sin and it's always getting you. The sin that easily besets you. Every time there is a sin you have to confess. And most of the time it's the certain same sin. Same sin. Same sin. I, I warn you about the girls. You haven't gotten over it. Be careful. Because there's consequence. We may not say anything. But by the time you realize your destiny has been cut short. Because the, the, the demons coming from your family background already are looking for you. Yeah. Some of you ladies, we told you, when you're in a relationship, don't mess up. And you entertain messing up. The relationship... <laughs> the relationship is likely to suffer. It may, not, it may never mature, materialize into marriage. And we would, everybody will know that the thing didn't work. And most of the time, there's something that happened. It's not that you didn't get it. Most of the time, not all the time, though. Yeah, right, right. yeah. So the consequence, sin comes with consequences. Deal with it from the early rising. Sir, deal with it. Deal with it. And you see, this is not for any one person. No. Because all of us have yeah. sin that easily besets us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every one of us. Yeah. You have sin that easily. You look like an angel. But that sin that easily besets you makes you look like a demon. Yes. So long as you are concerned, you know, you know, you know they don't know you. But that's why I'm trying to talk to you because if you don't take care, you stay there because no one knows about it. And you cla- classify that's your personal weakness. You are disabled. You have a disability. So <laughs> we should get a wheelchair for you. Spiritual wheelchair so you can stay there. <laughs> yeah, you need a badge. Spiritual badge because... We should leave you to stay there. No, come out. Wow, let me finish this. Is someone learning something? So how do you deal and how do you lay aside habitual sins? Number one, don't underestimate your sin. Take your sin serious. Number two, huh? promise God. Promise God. That purpose and promise God that you not see. Number three. Number three. Watch against your own spiritual wickedness and don't trust your spirituality. Number four. The first risings of the tempter of the flesh and its last. Number number five. Number five is a good one. Meditate on God's word. Psalm 37, verse 31. You know, this is when you become a Christian. These are things you should know because people come to church and they assume that the others are fine. Nobody is fine. And it doesn't matter how powerful you are today. If you don't maintain your sanity and these things, you will fall. And some of the falling, you will end up doing things that even when you were unbelievers, unbeliever, you were not doing. Because now Satan has gotten involved to monitor your demise. So now he has 
It's not just your flesh that is troubling you. Satan has given his backing. He has employed stronger forces to make sure they are coming on, they are sitting on you to make sure this thing, this guy who can't stop it, will make sure he does it and he gets drowned. Because God has a promise over your life. Seeing that we have these promises, let us abstain from fleshly lies or contamination of the flesh and the spirit. Because of the promise of God on our life, you are a promised child. Oh, but pastor, the things I've done in my past, where sin abounds, Grace abounds more. So your past is your past, but what is happening now? And then your future is what we are dealing with. What did I say is number five? Psalm 37, verse 31. Let's read it out together. You see that? That's why you are struggling. The word of God is not in your heart. That's why you are struggling. Not just read, meditate. Meditation is focused thinking. You are thinking about it over and over and over and over. Meditate upon, so focused thinking. Meditation is, you are thinking about it over. I think Genesis 24, 63 or something, I can't remember. Isaac went into the field to go and meditate. Then when he lifted, he lifted his eyes, his wife was coming. <laughs> Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening. And he lifted his eyes and looked. And there, the camels were coming with his wife. <laughs> you are not meditating. That's why you can't see your wife. <laughs> you can't see your wife. All the brothers who have stayed here long, and they still they can't know who to... They are not meditating. Wow. Enough. <laughs> Instead of meditating... Instead of meditating, they keep looking at other people. Oh, maybe this one, maybe this one, maybe this one. No, wrong approach. Meditate. Your eyes will be open. When you lift your eyes, you see. You see. <laughs> Meditate. In Psalm 119, verse 7, verse 8, verse 9, verse 10. Verse 11, actually much of Psalm 119. It's always talking about the word, the place of the world. Look at this. Verse 7, he said, I will praise you with, my, uh, with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgment. Talking about your word. Look at the next verse. Watch this. I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. Look at the verse 9. You like verse 9. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking it according to your word. That's how you can cleanse your way. Give attention to God's word. Most of us don't, you don't read your Bible. Every time, even if you are not listening to messages we have preached. Music, 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 and sometimes you even listen to ungodly music. And you, you, do, you wonder why you are struggling with sin. Because what the advantage of Christian music, proper Christian music, is that it is speaking to you in psalms, spiritual songs, and hymns. So it's not just music, it's, it's speaking. As you are listening to the music, something is, you are being told something. The word content is, being, is coming into your spirit. Because your spirit has this, it's like a sieve. Anything, the pure word comes, it catches it. It catches it. it so when the word is not coming, it's not catching anything. That's just the, the way the in, intestinal lining is meant for assimilation of, of the processed food. Nutrients. 
So when you eat and your it gets digested, and in your intestine, both the large intestines and the small intestines, the lining of the intestines have been programmed to absorb nutrients. So it absorbs nutrients. The same, your heart absorbs the word. So as you come to church and we are teaching, your heart is actually taking all the stories I'm telling you. It's not helping much. It just prepares your heart, your, the flow. But the, what changes you is the word I'm quoting. That's the only thing that helps people. The pure word of God, just the word of God. So your, when the word of God comes, your heart captures it. Captures it. So when you meditate on it, it even gets cemented in your system. It gets cemented. It's not to quote-unquote against the devil, but it strengthens you. How can a young man cleanse his way? By giving heed to your word. Look at verse 10. Verse 10. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandment. My whole heart, Lord, I'm looking for you. The only way I can do this word is if I can stay in your word. Look at the next verse, the very favorite verse. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not. You don't want to sin? Get the word in your heart. Don't go for prayer. You want us to pray for Pastor, I don't know why I'm struggling. Pray for me. No, 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 no. Wrong approach. We don't pray for sin to stop. We eat the word and take responsibility and lay it aside. I'm talking to, I told you before I started that this message is for, for Christians. Yeah. It's for Christians. That word. I can have more scriptures to quote in Psalm 119. It's full of, when you go home, read this. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. 70, 176 verses. A lot. When you go, just be reading it. Make it your devotional something. All right. So meditate on the word of God. Number five. Six. Six. Oh, yes, six. Number six, repent immediately. When you find yourself in sin, don't wait for service. Don't wait till a word has come to catch your heart. No. Once you do, you, you find yourself in sin or you are beset by sin, repent immediately like Judas. Sorry, I'm sorry, like Peter. Matthew chapter 24, verse, verse, no, Matthew 26, verse 75. Matthew 26, 75. Peter denied Jesus, by did, and Peter remembered the word, Jesus, uh, the word of Jesus, who had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and, and wept bitterly. He, as soon as he remembered, I've sinned against God, he didn't wait for the next morning. He went out and repented. Immediate repentance is necessary. Yes. Repent immediately. When you sin against God, we may not know. I may not know. Your friend may not know. But your heart knows it. Repent immediately. Some of you sinned in, even in church. Whilst the preaching is going on, your heart has gone away. But, but what is it? I can't be bothered. Repent. Now you know that you repent immediately. Say, Lord, I repent. Forgive me. Wash me with your blood. I, and one, repentance doesn't mean, God, please forgive me. No. Repentance means confessing and determining that I won't go down that direction. That's repentance. Other than that, it's not repentance. Other than that, it's not repentance. Science, the elements of true repentance is, one, you feel sorry about it. 
Number two, the sin you are not sorry about, you will sin again. You say, Lord, I repent. But you know in your heart you are not really sorry. You actually enjoyed it. Yeah, you enjoyed it. And you wouldn't mind if the push comes to shelf. If it happened again, you, you wouldn't mind. Because it was such a laudable opportunity. You, you, you enjoyed it. You've, you've, been, you've been craving for something like that for a very long time. Wow. Is somebody receiving something? So, um, sorry for your your sins and reject it. Reject the sin that I would never go back to it again. That's genuine repentance. When you have vowed. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you fell into some sins and that was the last time it happened. That was the last time. Opportunity, but you have vowed. And you see, genuine repentance is when you go and mess up, or you've, you've, you've done some, let's say you went to fight with an usher. Or you went to fight with the host team. Or you are host team and you are fighting with the uniformed people. Or something like that. <laughs> and you genuinely repent. Listen to this very careful. When you genuinely repent, watch this. If you genuinely repent, you will sit somewhere and say, but I don't even know why pastor is talking about it in his preaching. It's a sign you haven't repented. If you go and fornicate and we know you did it, and then we are preaching that, and, and say that sometimes some of the Christian sisters here, Christian brothers, they, they end up in fornication. Sometimes they think they are too powerful. So you have to be careful. You should actually ask pastor, pastor, please preach more about it so people can learn. That's a sign of genuine. Because you want others not to go in that area. So you actually, because you have repented, you actually want somebody to, someone sound the alarm, talk about it, I hate this thing. Someone help me talk about it. You have repented, but you are never talking about condemning it every time. If you are genuinely repenting, every time you open your mouth, the thing, you'll be talking about it. You'll be talking about it. How come you ended up in a guy's house you are not married to? And you said, Pastor, I've repented. But you have never mentioned it again. You're quiet. No, you'll be telling people, never go there again. Be careful. People will be wondering, ah, has something happened to you? <laughs> if you haven't repented. But anyway, let me leave the repentance. One of these is I'll preach, maybe next week, I probably have to preach on, no, next week. I'll preach on repentance. Repentance. Because these things are no more in the church. No, 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 no. no. You are looking for prosperity and blessings. So, number, number six is what? Two more points. Number seven. Continue in prayer and dependence on God's power. Okay? So, continue in prayer and dependence on God's power. Continue in prayer and dependence on God's power. Continue in prayer Independence on God's power. Continue in prayer and dependence on God's power. Continue in prayer and dependence on God's power. Listen, sin, <laughs> sin is spiritual. You think you are strong, but please learn how to depend on God. Even when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, when you pray, say, lead us not into, deliver us from, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It should be part of your prayer. And you have to actually pray 
um, um, in advance. So when you get it up in the morning, yeah. all right, preventative prayers. Pray preventative prayers. That Lord, as I go to work, or as I, today we're going for dinner at work, help me not to overeat. Yes. <laughs> I'm struggling with the sin of gluttony. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a good prayer. <laughs> Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You have to learn how to pray those kind of prayers. So don't. Um, you can anticipate. You are going to meet your boss. You are likely to go and lie. <laughs> you have a meeting. Pray, anticipate, and pray that Lord help me not to lie. Because I'm always lying. <laughs> yeah, that's my weakness. So your weakness is lying. You are going out with your potential spouse. Lord, help me to keep this thing clean. In the morning, pray. Don't wait after that. Go and pray. No, pray. Anticipatory prayers. Pray. Those have this. I've found out if you don't want to fornicate, the easiest way not to fornicate is really take it up in prayers. Pray, Lord. Lord, every time God, I pray, I will never fornicate. Let me pray. You pray about it and see. The day you think, oh, this is the best opportunity, suddenly only you, the speaker, will fall. can never force for some reason something that something strange or you that it, you will be interfered something will interrupt you'll be interrupted and God will give you away unless you say God okay you have done your part now I've changed my mind I want to go ahead <laughs> and even that the first attempt is not likely to work because your prayers are working against you how come you don't want to sin you haven't prayed about it you haven't prayed about it and you are still depending on your willpower. Haven't you realized that willpower is not strong enough? Your willpower is not strong enough. You are dealing with something stronger than your willpower. So when you pray, say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Pray. It must be part of your prayer content. Colossians 1, uh, Colossians 4, 2. It says, praying always. Ephesians 6, 18. He said, Ephesians 6, 18, I like that one. After he spoke about the armor of Christ, he said, put on this, put on this. He said, praying always with all prayer and supplication. After you have put on all the ammunition, mm. after you have done everything you have to do, back it up with prayer. Yes. Don't say, now I've put in the system, so I'll, I'll deal with it. No, no, pray. Jesus said to Peter, and the disciple, Peter, James, and John. He said, pray. Matthew chapter 29, sorry, 26, verse 40. Verse 39 and 40 or so. He said, pray that you do not fall into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 41. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. That's what Jesus said. Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to shift you like with, but I've prayed for you. Prayer has a way of dealing with temptation. And you can deal with sin in prayer before sin comes. I like that scripture, verse 41, it says that, watch and pray that you don't fall into temptation. So you who are not praying, ha <laughs> listen, you are joking. You are joking, that's one of your problems. Because you think you are, you are strong enough, you are good enough. I receive it. Last point. 
let me finish. Let me see if I, uh, yeah, Matthew and then Matthew 6, 9, he told us, he taught us to pray. All right. Now, last point is establish relationship with other believers that hold you accountable. Establish relationship with other believers who will hold you accountable. Somebody must be able to ask you, but what were you doing there? Somebody must be, or you yourself can tell somebody, you know, I went there again yesterday. Oh, do you know what I, I ended up watching? There are some guys here, they have developed accountability relationship so that if any one of them watches something privately, he has to, you go and confess, their, guys, I did it again. It, that's a sign that you are actually a genuine Christian. You must have somebody you have to confess to. An accountable, a, a relationship of accountability. Spiritual accountability. Some of you don't have spiritual people around you. That's why you are falling anyhow. Like a, a bottle in the, a, a loan, a single bottle, bottle of Coke in the back of a truck. Lorry. Break anything. It's going everywhere. By the time you arrive, it's broken. Because you're alone. Develop accountability relationship if you're a Christian with other Christians. And one of the strongest reasons for Christian marriages is that you and your wife, you and your husband have this accountability relationship. Nobody should know you genuinely more than your wife, which is, or your husband. They know you. There must be openness. You should tell your wife, I, I, I went to steal money. <laughs> you should tell your husband. Some of you do things and hide it from your wives. Hide it from your husband. You are sinning and you are hiding it. You see, listen, listen. I'm trying to teach a Christian lifestyle. Most of us have the name. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 3 verse 1, you have the name that you are alive, but you are dead. Strong. And to the angel of the church as well, I say, this is say he who has the service, uh, 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 the service of God and the service of God. I know your works, that you have the name that you are alive, but you are dead. Jesus. Most of us are just nominal Christians by tag. How come something like that is going on in your life? And no, that's how come you ended up with a baby. Because you were fornicating several times and no one knew. You should have had a Christian brother you could have gone to and said, boy, and the Christian brothers, no, let's go. You are not going to the house again. Or she's not coming to your house again. So when she's coming, says she's coming to you. Okay, the brother said, I'm also coming. Yeah, because you are genuine. You are, gen- you are doing everything possible to have. Tell the, the sister, I don't know, I'm beginning to feel soft towards that gentleman. I'm figuring, there must be a Christian sister you can talk to. There's somebody. If you are a Christian, you must have accountability relationships. That's why you're struggling with your sins. There's nobody who can cover counter. There's nothing by God's grace. There's nothing in my life which my wife and other serious Christians. My wife knows everything, and there are other things that my other Christian brothers they know. That's how I've always lived my Christian life. So if I come and stand with you and I go and steal money with you, God forbid, or I go and fight with you, you. By the time you realize others know you have done it, because I'll tell them I did it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go and talk about it. No, no, I'll go and talk. It doesn't matter what. Listen, 
doesn't matter what vile it is. There's nothing in my life which my wife doesn't know. There's nothing ever in my life, ever, and not even my wife alone. Others must know. Because that's how Christian I am. I don't cover up sin. I don't cover up sin. That's how you can deal with it. Develop. Other than that, this thing will butcher you. Because it's a powerful force, sin. Powerful force. And it has consequences. It's going to affect everything about your life. It's affecting your relationship with God. It's affecting the church. It's affecting you. It's affecting unbelievers. And it's affecting your future. Galatians 6 2 talks about. Um, Galatians 2 2. I like that text. Bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. Did you see that? Bear one another. Talk to somebody. Let's bear one another. You must have a group of people you talk to. Or one person you talk to. Somebody who you trust and they also talk to you. They tell you. Uh, if you are telling people things and they don't say anything, you don't know anything about them, suspect them. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. If you don't know anything about them and you're telling them about your struggles and they don't say anything about their own, because struggle with sin is a common Christian problem. It's common. Does anybody identify what I'm talking about? Yes. Oh, yeah, really? And they are quiet. <laughs> every time, every time, every time. And they, they, they even tell you, oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. I've never felt anything like that. Oh, I, never, I never feel hungry when we fast. I don't know why. Me. <laughs> they. But I was said they have become Roman fathers. You are confessing to them. <laughs> Some of you are suffocating under tension of sin and you don't have anyone to talk to. That's why the sin is growing. It's expanding. It's growing. And you can't build healthy relationships. You are always a lone ranger. And the relationships you build are business relationships. Relationships you build. You are not building Christian relationships where they can watch over you, you can watch over them. You are not building that just proximity because you want to be part of this team. You want to be, that's why you are building relationships. Or, or the worst ones, um, relationship for sin. Because you know the nightclub, you also go with it, so you always go. You, you, you found, form alliance of sin, sinners. Sinful alliance. So this one is your uh, accomplice in your mess. Let everybody, listen, if you are a genuine Christian, anybody who joins you sinning will feel uncomfortable. Why? Because they know you go and talk about it to somebody. You will talk, you talk to somebody about it. Talk to somebody because it's not you. And you don't like it even though you did it. You don't like it. So you need to talk about it. Confess your sins one to another. It's a bear, bear one's and one another's burden. You know you are married. But you're having struggles with somebody else. You must have somebody you talk to. Maybe, the, maybe that one you can't tell your husband. Yeah. But you must, you must talk to somebody. Listen, listen, listen. Because you're a Christian. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. You're a Christian and you don't, this is not you. But your body is trying to mess you up, man. Desires are trying to come. And there's an attack. Where is this coming from? I don't like it. I don't like it. 
you know that this is it's, it's a normal human living. And I, I don't condemn you because you feel that. I don't condemn you. And that's where the grace comes in. Even when we catch you, once you are one of us, we catch you. You talk to us. We will say, we will help you. How do we go ahead so that this does not repeat? But the problem is when you are living in it comfortably. And you are texting somebody's wife or somebody's husband. You are a married man. Some of you married men. You are not trustworthy. Shameful Christian living. A married man. And you are flirting with somebody. And you are not sorry about it. If the thing is too strong for you, talk to somebody and stop with this hypocritical. You are a Pharisee. Mm. <laughs> Pharisee. Wow. Today's message is quite strong. Because you need to overcome this thing. You need to overcome it. And I see you overcome it. In Jesus' name. Did you receive something? We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.